good afternoon. Welcome to another episode of the End Time Blog Podcast. I'm Elizabeth Prada. Today I am talking about being ordinary and offering a few resources about being ordinary. Now, believers are ordinary, but we serve an extraordinary God. And he might use us in extraordinary ways, but we're all flawed, sinful, ordinary people. He used ordinary grandmother Lois to raise up young Timothy. He took impulsive sons of thunder, James and John, and made them evangelizing apostles. He used fishermen, Peter and Andrew, sellers of purple, Lydia, teenagers, Timothy, Jeremiah, Mary, David, murderers, Paul. He used ordinary people going about whatever they were doing at the time and transformed them into vessels for his glory. Derek Thomas said in his book, or really booklet, What is Providence? Quote, God reigns through the stumbling, hobbling service of his people and the rage and malice of his foes to establish his eternal purpose for this world. And that was Derek Thomas from his booklet, What is Providence? Yet, there are some who believe that we must be extraordinary in order to make an impact for the kingdom. The movement of some years ago when the books Radical, Crazy Love, and Wild at Heart came out made many people think that they were ineffective unless they made a big splashy move for the faith. But it is not true. Mary and Martha, mentioned in the Bible, were simply hospitable. Dorcas sowed. Susanna donated. Acts 4.13 says Peter and John were uneducated and untrained. If you, dear reader or listener, feel marginalized, helpless to do for God, or ho-hum ordinary, then rejoice. Our persevering faith in ordinary lives is just as valuable to God as a martyr uttering eternally known last words, just as important as the luminary you read about in the Bible, just as impactful as the hero on the mission field. Acts 2.42 says, they were continually devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. That's what we do. What the Spirit inspired Luke to write there was not just an extraordinary means of glory we see occasionally in acts, such as miracles or healings, but the ordinary means of bringing God glory by a consistently faithful church composed of consistently faithful individuals doing the ordinary in their lives, and then when they gather, doing what is called, we're called to do, as seen in the verse above. 
They devoted themselves to teaching and gathering and praying. The extraordinary events died away as the miracles ceased, but the faithful never stopped gathering and learning and praying. Acts 2.46 says, Day by day, continuing with one mind in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they were taking their meals together with gladness and sincerity of heart. Note that, day by day, the ordinary Christian life is one of persevering in the spiritual disciplines day by day, accruing spiritual interest in the bank of heaven. I'm sure your parents taught you that putting $5 a week into savings eventually yields dividends. They did not teach you, rather, that putting gluts of huge amounts into your bank account in inconsistent spurts yields dividends. The way to save best is to be consistent over time. And it's the same with our spiritual life. Add to your spiritual treasury day by day. I'm looking forward to meeting the heroes I mentioned in heaven, but I'm just as eager, if not more, to meet the unknowns who brought God glory with their words or their lives in the ordinary. Now, I'm going to mention a few resources to help if you have any anxiety that anyone, you or someone else, might have a life that doesn't count. Just because we're not running barefoot to Bali getting martyred with arrows from cannibals or leading big conferences in arenas filled with thousands of adoring fans. One resource is from Michael Horton, who wrote a book called Ordinary, colon, Sustainable Faith in a Radical restless world. And his book blurb reads as following, quote, radical, crazy, transformative, and restless. Every word we read these days seems to suggest there's a next best thing. If only we would change our comfortable, compromising lives. In fact, the greatest fear most Christians have is boredom in the sense that they're missing out on the radical life that Jesus promised. But one thing is certain, not many want to be ordinary. Far from a call to low expectations and passivity, Horton invites readers to recover their sense of joy in the ordinary. End quote from Michael Horton's book about... um, The Ordinary Sustainable Faith in a Radical Restless World. Now, if you don't want a whole long book, you can read him, Michael Horton, at Ligonier.org, talking about the same thing in an essay called The Ordinary Christian Life. Next resource is from John MacArthur with a sermon called The Ordinary Church. Here's an excerpt, a quote. It was Finney who decided that religion, to be valid, had to have some kind of high impact, high energy, emotional element. It was about methods, feelings, experiences, sentimentalism, and it all trumped sound doctrine and theology. 
gradual growth by the normal, ordinary means of grace, prayer, study, and fellowship was exchanged for radical experience, the anxious bench. And there, there was introduced into the evangelical world a restlessness of those looking for something extreme. End quote from John MacArthur's sermon called The Ordinary Church. Here's another resource that pushes back against the big, splashy, change-the-world mantra. D.A. Carson's father was a um, pioneering church planter and a pastor in Quebec. And he wrote a memoir of his dad called Memoirs of an Ordinary Pastor, The Life and Reflections of Tom Carson. There is an essay called An Unremarkable Faith from Grace to You. And an excerpt from that essay, An Unremarkable Faith, is, quote, Meet Larry, a 36-year-old science teacher. Larry married Kathy 12 years ago. They love each other. They enjoy raising their two sons. Larry's life would not hold out much interest to the average citizen, his Facebook account doesn't draw many friends, and no one ever leaves a comment on his blog. In fact, most people would summarize Larry's life with one word, boring, but not Larry. End quote from Grace to You's essay called An Unremarkable Faith. Here is another called Ordinary Christian Work an essay by Tim Challies, Ordinary Christian Work. Quote, The questions every Christian faces at one time or another are these. Are Christian plumbers, cooks, doctors, businessmen, lesser Christians because they're not in full-time ministry? And what of Christian mothers and homemakers? Can they honor God even through very ordinary lives? Can we honor God through ordinary lives without tacitly promoting a dangerous kind of spiritual complacency? And that was a quote excerpt from Tim Challey's essay, Ordinary Christian Work. And one more um, called, it's from retirementstewardship.com, called The Ordinary Christian Life in Retirement. Now, dear, my dear Christian sister, if you're at home with the kids and you don't have as much time to engage in the world with other adults or even to get out and about, apart from errands, what you are doing is ordinary, but extraordinary. I mean, it's ordinary to repeatedly do dishes, laundry, dusting, vacuum, mundane even. But the raising of another human being, flesh-wrapped soul, a gift from God, is extraordinary. The dividends of all those loads of laundry, piles of dishes, prepared meals, is the potential that you are laying the groundwork for another soul to be added to heaven, and that is extraordinary work. 
Well, I hope this essay encouraged you. If you're feeling a little down by not having a big ministry or a noticeable life to anyone except those in your very small sphere, it's what we're called to do day by day, loving God, obeying God, and the darker the world gets, the brighter our ordinary lives will become. Well, this has been another episode of the End Time Blog Podcast. I'm Elizabeth Prada. Thank you for listening, and I hope you have a wonderful day.